0: Audio.
1: Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
2: I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Carol McCracken. And while I wouldn't call us people-pleasers, we readily admit we don't like to experience rejection. There are times when we've given other people's words and opinions much too much weight. We've also experienced the pain and the insecurity that can come when others slander us and attack our character. And maybe you can relate. Maybe a coworker, a relative, or a former friend accused you of unethical, dishonest, or immoral behavior, and you feared they would turn others against you. This cuts especially deep if we've come to believe the lie that certain individuals have the power and authority to determine our competency and our value. But God wants us to anchor our worth in him, trusting that he sees us, that he knows us, that he defends us, and that he promises to avenge us.
1: What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact.
0: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up.
1: Wow,
0: Jennifer, you gave me a flashback. (laughs) Unfortunately, I went back to when I was 16 years old. I had moved to Toledo, Ohio from Tucker, Georgia. And being an impressionable person, I just wanted to fit into school. I was angry with my parents. I didn't want to move to begin with. And here I am in this place in this high school at the age of 16. Okay, so all I want to do is to get along with people. But I had the Southern accent and apparently the boys liked it and the girls did not. (laughs) So this kind of got twisted around. I didn't care who was my friend at that point in time. I just wanted to fit in. And so the girls decided that I was flirting because I was talking with this Southern accent that the boys liked. And so I can remember, oh, this was awful. I went up to my locker one day. And it was stuffed with garlic, and on it was written fake and social. And I was absolutely devastated. You know, pretty much I thought, okay, my, my high school years are ruined. They hate me here. I will never fit in. I will never meet the social strata of what these people require. I didn't even mean it. I didn't do anything. How could I earn it? How can somebody be talking ugly about me? It was it was bad. And for those of you out there that flash back to a younger age, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When you said you didn't even do anything. So how can
0: you fix it? Right. Exactly. I don't know if my mere presence threatened people, but it it was it was bad. You know, I had no power to do anything about it. So people were talking ugly about me, broke my heart. I bet. I bet. Was it hard to go to school? Yes. Yes. I did not want to go to school and contend with that. I didn't know what I was battling. Wow. Now
2: give us the end of the story. How long did that let if it's If it's too
0: traumatic, don't tell us. Did, did it eventually like resolve? It definitely did. You know, it, I, there there were a couple of guys and they became like guy friends to me. And they basically translated. Once, once the girls realized that I did not want their man, everything seemed to be fine. And we gradually worked it out. I people got to know me for me. They didn't feel as threatened anymore. But and I got some apologies in my note in my yearbook at the end of the year. That was good. So it all turned out well. But that's not a fun period trying to fit in. Yeah, that would have been actually I I can't even imagine how painful
2: you hear you have left your one area and probably friends in your home and you're feeling uprooted. And then to have in this place where you probably felt completely alone.
0: Completely low, completely rejected. It was was bad. And a 16-year-old, you know, you're going to blow that up anyway. So I felt it intensely.
2: Yeah. And I I think sometimes we've all experienced rejection in our past and sometimes that our past rejections can cause us to fear rejection in the future. And then other times we can watch what people have experienced and we can assume like, okay, well, I don't want to go through what they're going through. And I imagine the disciples, they had to experience both rejection themselves, because here they are following Jesus. He was, he was popular in one sense, but he was also not popular (laughs) in another sense. And. Especially as they were watching and the tension is just increasing between him and, and the religious leaders of his day. And they're aligning themselves with this, this rabbi who's known to hang out with the outcast, to touch the untouchable, to, to reject man-made rules and, and practices that distorted the heart of God. And here I think is, is what was probably the biggest thing is he also exposed the corruption and the hypocrisy of the religious. Really? And and they they began to actually conspire, like trying to find a way to do do him in. And I'm thinking of when with your story, you said maybe the girls felt threatened. And I'm sure they probably did, because when people are happy and secure, they don't lash out at others. And I think the Pharisees felt threatened as well. And they wanted to like, okay, well, I'm going to make try to make Jesus feel threatened. And then by association, the disciples feel threatened. Yes.
0: Would you actually, would you mind reading in Matthew 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 12? 12. Let's do 22 through like 29. All right. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Bull, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if it is by the spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Wow. So he kind of
2: turned the tables on them. He's like, you're going to try to use this against me. I'm going to use it to speak some truth
0: here. Oh man. He was clever about that, wasn't he? Oh man. Well, I think the. The Pharisees were refusing to accept Jesus's dominion over as a Messiah, if you will. That's where I think, you know, to your point about them feeling threatened, maybe they felt that their power was going to be taken away from them by this man declaring that he's a Messiah. But I think that they were also very selective in what the Messiah would look like. They thought that he was supposed to come as this regal king. And all of a sudden, these people are now following this man and they decided to misdirect. I think what they were trying to do is to poison the crowd's mind against Jesus. Yeah, I think you're right. It reminds me.
2: Whenever we advance God's kingdom, whenever we walk in our calling, whenever we try to love as Jesus is calling us to, anytime that we bring forth his life and his light, we are going to face opposition. We'll have some people, just like the crowds follow Jesus, right? There will be some who will celebrate the hand of God in our lives and God's power flowing through us. And there are going to be others who will want
0: to slander or attack or oppose or discredit us. Yes, that's a good point. And I think it's hard to remember that that's their issue not ours when we're in the middle of all of this. And so how how do we own our part, that honoring of God part that you're talking about, that light and not let people affect us? I think that's really hard sometimes. Yeah, I don't do this
2: well, admitting, but I don't do this as well as I wish I would. But I try to remind myself there's been certain people in my life that I have watched come under attack who have shown high integrity in the Mm -hmm. face of attack. And every time it has elevated my respect for the person showing high integrity it, it's demonstrated their strength and their character and it's made the other person look very foolish and reactive and immature and we see also in this story the Pharisees were acting ugly Jesus spoke truth. And really, in his speaking of truth, he's really inviting them into the kingdom of light, right? He's like, I'm telling you, I'm not of darkness, but I am over darkness. I cast out darkness. Come on my side, right?
1: What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives.
0: That's good. Like, almost like there's room enough for everybody. You don't need to be threatened. So they've kind of got a scarcity mentality and they slandered him. Right. Jesus said, so his integrity revealed their hypocrisy. It's kind of
2: like you see light and dark side by side. But also you talk about owning our part and not owning their part. It's helpful if we can say, OK, when, when someone does slander us, why am I feeling so insecure? Why am I feeling so so anxious right now or so attacked? That's one thing. Jesus did beautifully is he was so connected to the Father and so full of God's love and and he knew who he was and he knew what he'd been called to do that they didn't derail his calling and his agenda. For me, I'm more reactive if, when when somebody treats me poorly, usually they'll kind of poke at my inner lies, right? Those like, I'm not good enough or I'm a failure, whatever I will, my inner critic, some people might call it. If I can pause before I react, it's a lot easier for me to own my part so that I'm not allowing somebody else's ugly behavior to pull me into ugliness. And then I can walk away, regardless of how they behaved, I can walk away in the confidence of knowing like, oh, hey, I handled that situation well, and when I don't handle the situation well, I'm like, Okay, God, thank you. There's grace. So let's learn again next
0: time. (laughs) Right. Always. He's kind that way. The thing is, you begin to lose focus. I know exactly what you're saying, too, because you're listening to the wrong voices. That's what I did when I was 16 years old then. And if we can remember, the crowd was enamored by Jesus. The majority were listening to him. The Pharisees were in the minority. And so if we look at it, evil is not the greatest You hear it, you hone in on it, but it's not the greatest. Like you were saying, you know who you are. You know who you are in Jesus Christ. You knew what your intentions were. You listened to the right thing when we came out on it that way. And maybe we'll take slander a little less personally if we remembered that Jesus went through it too. And he didn't sin. Just like I was standing there in front of my locker going, what did I do? Jesus really didn't do anything wrong. Jesus never sinned. And here people are talking about him. And he loved perfectly. So ma- that's that's my point. Exactly. Yeah. He never did anything wrong. I probably did at 16. But <laughs> well, that that's another good point. We
2: do do things wrong. We do say things we wish we hadn't. And it's easy to get kind of caught up in this. Well, I shouldn't have. Well, I did this. Well, I did that. And that might be true. But but that doesn't give anybody else permission to treat us poorly. They can call us out when we do something, do or say something. That's a good point. But, but it is never okay for them to, to slander us, to gossip about us, to name call, to attack us and, and vice versa, right? That's where you talked about we have to guard ourselves in that. And it's easier if we also remember Jesus sees it all, right? He's, he sees what we experience and scripture tells us in Mark chapter three, verse five, that he was grieved by their hardened hearts. And I, I feel like that's yeah. just his heart, his love, right? There's another part in scripture where he says, you know, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I, I wish that I could gather you under my arms like a mother hen does her chicks. So it's this, this yeah. longing of God saying, you know, you're, you're rejecting me. You're slandering me. You're, you're rebelling against me. I just want to love you. He was grieved. By their hearts. and he, But he's also grieved when people slander us, right? When their hearts are our heart towards us. To me, that brings me
0: comfort when I am experiencing what feels unjust. That's right. He loves us. He wants to protect us. That, that's the thing. Also, looking at how Jesus behaved, I would love to use that as an example. And I wish that I acted more like him because Jesus was so strong in himself, He stayed on his mission. He didn't retaliate to all of those people. He did not debate with those people. He didn't defend himself. But back to your earlier point, he did speak truth to them and he's our defender and God shields us with his love. We don't have to do it on our own. It, it gets back to his grief. He loves us just as much. We are valuable to him. Jesus understands slander. He experienced it himself. He knows what we're going through. We're not rejected by God. He knows us. He knows our hearts. Absolutely. Speaking of how he didn't
2: retaliate, but he spoke truth, it reminds me of Romans 12, verse 21, where it tells us, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's good. And we do know God will avenge. He'll make everything right one day. We don't know if that's today or if that's when we reach heaven, but here's something I have discovered. Eventually, the truth comes out. Those who slander us tend to slander someone else those who gossip about us will gossip about someone else and so if we can remember that people are not they might be kind of caught up in it for a while and the people who are caught up in it their perspective of us probably isn't that important anyway if they're that easily swayed they're going to be swayed right. at some at some point right but if we can remember that person eventually people are going to the their gro- friend group the Pharisees are going to turn on each other right i mean Halfway. yeah so the girls in high school if they're going to be putting garlic in your locker which is probably why the guys the, the guys are like you know what we are tired of this <laughs> you done with this <laughs> that's why they want to be your friend they're like no more drama thank goodness <laughs>
0: they were shenanigans <laughs> yeah
2: So for me, those are the things that I want to do better at remembering who I am to Christ, who I am in Christ, why I am feeling anxious, that my integrity will speak loudly and reveal strength and character, and that their lack of integrity will eventually be revealed,
0: typically. Truth speaks louder than words. Sometimes it does come out in the end. And I think that as we look forward, if you're fearing that people might reject you. Matthew was one of the disciples that followed Jesus to your point of seeing into someone's heart. Matthew was a tax collector. He was hated by his family, probably. He was hated by his fellow Jews. It looked like he turned on people, but he knew slander. Even if there was an element of truth in it, Matthew knew slander. And Jesus saw his heart. We're not alone in this. While we're sitting there in the middle of waiting for the truth to come out. No, we're not alone.
2: Yeah. And I like that you brought up Matthew as well because if you had taken a snapshot of his life when he was the tax collector and he's being slandered and probably would have thought that there's no way this guy is going to have a career in ministry, whatever. Yes. I, so I, I know for me, when I have experienced slander as a leader years ago, when I first started leading, I was under the, the false impression that if people talk negatively about me, lied about me, slandered me, then it could cost me my ministry. It could cost me my job. Mm -hmm. And it would get me all worked up. And I finally, one day, I'm like, well, that's ridiculous because God is in control. He's got my future mapped out. He's got my calling Planned out. That person has no power over me, over my life, over my joy. That's really easy to say, though, isn't it? Like I'm—I don't want to sound condemning to those who who battle very real anxiety, because you can know that God loves you. You can know all these things in your head, and you can still feel the inner turmoil when people slander. I understand that, and God understands that. But even as we're feeling that, we can
0: remind ourselves. It's not fun in the moment. It never is. But it's bigger than us. And God sees our heart. Yeah. Would you mind closing us in prayer? I'd be happy to, Jennifer. Thank you. Dear Lord in heaven, thank you. Thank you for the times that we can talk together and realize that we're not alone, that we do live in a broken world, and that we can fear people talking about us. Lord, even as we're going through it, you are bigger You've mapped out our future, as Jennifer reminded us, and you know exactly what's going to happen just as you know our heart. And Lord, when we're tempted to get anxious, when we're tempted to continue being hurt, remind us that you love us. You love us more than anything. Nobody can love us more than you do. And Lord, direct our attention to you. In your name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Well, thank you for listening. And hopefully we gave you some truths that you can hold tight to the next time you experience rejection or you are afraid you're going to experience rejection. If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to rate it. That encourages our team and it helps others to find it as well. And make sure to share it on social media and with your friends. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set
0: free.